now, there are now nine games left in the season. Nine games, Jamsters. The Phoenix Suns are 45 and 18. 18 times we've come on this podcast and talked through losses, tried to figure out what was wrong in those games. 45 times, Matthew. We've come on this podcast to talk about Suns victories this season. And this is the first time this team is the number one team in the National Basketball Association. Fantastic win for the Phoenix Suns. Let's go! Woo! Oh, man, I'm pumped, dude. I got the tank on today. Showing those teacher arms, dude. I knew it was going to be a win. I put this on pregame. I'm like, I was actually going to tweet out. Should Matt wear a tank top for tonight's show if the Suns win? But I already wore it. I wore it pregame because I knew they were going to win, especially with that Mike Connolly and uh, that other guy. <laughs> yeah. The other guy, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the Jazz are without their backcourt, and the Suns did what they were supposed to do. They slapped them in the face and crushed their souls. They took all sense and semblance of an opportunity to win and just said, no, not tonight, Jazz. Yeah, And as a Jazz fan, you've got to be worried because it was like when the Suns played the Clippers. If we'd been swept by the Clippers in the season series, there's a little bit of a complex there. There's a little bit of what if. There's a little bit of, man, I don't want to play that team in the playoffs. The Suns have accomplished that by beating the Jazz tonight because this is the third time they've played them and the third time that they have defeated them. They have, and I think the Suns know too. They didn't they didn't defeat them at full strength, but it doesn't matter. They took care of business quickly in this game. It was a blowout since the first quarter, and they, they didn't stop, man. They did exactly what they needed to do to get this win and be the number one seed in the NBA. In the oh. NBA. Number one seed, the best team in the NBA deserves the best no, MVP, too. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I don't know, man. This is it's mind blowing, really. It blew the sleeves right off my shirt. So <laughs> it blew the sleeves right of right off of Matthew's Frank the Tank. So yes. now he is sleeveless for this podcast. So for those of you who are joining the Suns Jam session live and you're watching on YouTube, you have the privilege, the opportunity, the honor to see Matthew's pasty white arms for this podcast. If you are watching, go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up button and go ahead and join to become an elite jamster here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. If you're listening on on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead and give a a review there as well. Uh, Kudos to Fanning the Flames, our our brother podcast here on Bright Side of the Sun. Put out another quality pod today that I enjoy listening to. So, you know, you only get that if you subscribe to Bright Side of the Sun. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a five-star review. We'll read it right here on the show. We haven't read any lately. So leave a review out there, Jams. Just take the time. Next time you take a shit, just go open up your Apple's podcast, go down, leave a five-star review and be like, hey, guys, I'm taking a shit. Let us know right there. (laughs) I don't care. I'll read it right here on the podcast. I don't care. As soon as you pop the Adderall in the morning, you know, you feel that high. Just, you know, do something good. Do yeah. something good for us and yourself. Just, just start moving those thumbs real quick on that bare <laughs> iPhone. Okay, yes. go ahead and do that. We appreciate it. So uh, I think that this victory over the Utah Jazz definitely deserves a teeth crack and cold drink. Matthew, what kind yes. of water are you drinking tonight? Is it Aquafina Actually, or are you, going, are you going Arrowhead? Oh, you know, so I had two tasks tonight. Take notes of the Suns game and, visit, and figure out how to drink a beer with Invisalign and they said you can try to do it with a straw but be very careful so I brought a beer <laughs> on the podcast because I, I had to crack one open tonight it's a special night here in Phoenix and uh, this flag behind me too it's going to go on my balcony I think for the rest of the season and the playoffs so You're you know I just got to do the white you got to do the white trash stuff around here dude to make <laughs> to make it known that the Suns are here and here to stay man all right. Well, and it, what's what not white trash is that drink you're going to be drinking? That's an 805, man. That is a yeah. quality cerveza right there. It is. I have another one of the Austin cocktails, but this time it's tequila margarita with triple sec and orange and lime. So this thing is probably full of sugar. I probably shouldn't be drinking it, but I don't care. The Suns are not only the number one seed in the Western Conference, they are the number one team in the NBA. So, Suns fans, crack them if you got them. Oh, sounds so good. Let's talk about this victory over the Utah Jazz. 
right off the bat, I've got to answer a question to one of our jamsters in the chat. Steve Haller, loyal listener. What up, fellas? Anything new? Yeah, you know, just the number one team in the NBA right now. Uh, shout out to James Edwards, one of our elite jamsters. Cheers to Matt's beer, number one team. He actually donated five bucks to the podcast. That helps Matthew buy more expensive beer next time. Maybe <laughs> it he'll does. Have a- Maybe he'll have a glass of wine one of these nights. But Matthew, I got to say, before we get into the 21-point straight-up whooping that the Suns yeah. put on the Utah Jazz, I got to ask you, was it a disgrace that the NBA has the Lakers and the Kings on their air-quote national television feed tonight on NBA TV rather than the two best teams in the league? Oh, yeah, but it's because LeBron James came back. But I didn't really hear. I don't pay too much attention to national broadcasts. Um, when the Suns are playing that night, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. was it just like a late scratch for another another game? They put them on, or did they choose which game they want to put on per night, right? Is that how they do it? No, essentially it's contracted. So, I mean, it's kind of a facetious question. I know that they already chose the Kings versus, chose them. versus the Lakers a long, long time ago. When they set the schedule based on local contracts and national contracts, uh, but yeah. I still like it, it's almost embarrassing for the NBA to put on. And I get it. Yes, LeBron is playing tonight. It's obviously a game that me- those games for the Lakers are starting to mean something because they're really starting to slip and they might fall into a Clippers versus Lakers first round matchup, which I'm sure they want to avoid. So all of a sudden LeBron's like, yo, I got to get back out there. But knowing that the Suns and the Jazz were playing, that's got to kind of hurt the NBA a little bit. It's like this is the best quality product we have. But then they see that final score. 121 to 100. And you know what? They probably go, yeah, it's probably a good idea. We put LeBron out there to for folks yeah. to watch because this was this really wasn't a game kind of from the start, Matthew. It wasn't. It honestly, they started out so well. And then it, uh, Aiden had that injury with his shoulder. I first I thought it was something happened with his fingers. I'm like, oh, dude, like a broken finger or something. I was fearing that because that would have sucked on his like little jump hook hand. You don't mm-hmm. want that to happen to him, but it was just his shoulder. So I was like, okay, he'll get through it, come back. But when he left, the Suns kind of lost some energy, and then he came back in. And I think helped, you know, seal the deal in the first quarter, which is weird to say, but that's exactly what happened because he came out with more intensity. But honestly, this wasn't a game, and it shouldn't have been a game. As soon as you see the starting lineup, you know it's like take care of business, do what John says, you and that's what they did. Even even we're missing a lot of wide open threes tonight, but it didn't matter. They played defense the whole game, even the, even the second teamers out there. So, you know, you got Javon Carter against. Um, Clarkson, which was kind of fun to watch, you know, mm-hmm. kind of facing him up some of the games. So they were making sure that those guys didn't get hot and they didn't. Yeah, defense travels and def- defense stays at home. And defense is the reason why the Suns are 45 and 18. And they're the reason that I have probably the most confidence I've ever had in a Suns team. You know, again, shout out to our yeah. buddies at Fanning the Flames. So says Jay and Dervish of Whirl. They were talking about it a little bit on their podcast about. You know, why are you so confident in this team? And for me, it's the defense. And you see it night in and night out. And the Utah Jazz are a team that is really good from three-pointer. Heck, they they make 17 a game, and they're the best in the league relative to percentage made. They're a team that that's what they thrive on. They made 24 the other night against the Kings. So what did the Suns do? They forced them off the three-point line. They played solid perimeter defense. Now, don't get me wrong. There were spurts during the game in which rotations led to wide-open three-pointers, and luckily for the Phoenix Suns tonight, they didn't fall down, and the confidence wasn't built. But the Jazz still made 14 three-pointers in this game. Some of those were late. Some of those were in garbage time. But they shot 35% from three. I think that the Suns forcing the Jazz into the mid-range game, knowing that Conley and Mitchell, who are the only two mid-range shooters effectively on this team weren't playing tonight, was a good defensive plan of attack that ultimately the the Utah Jazz just couldn't keep up with the Suns scoring, and then they started getting desperation mode. And we've seen it happen to the Suns. When the Suns get boat race sometimes, they'll start to hoist up the three-pointers. It's kind of like the Knicks game. They were getting boat raced by the Knicks. They hoisted up some three-pointers that let the the lead continued to grow until the Suns figured out, hold on, let's go back to our most efficient shots, which are the mid-range shots, and that we can excel. But the Jazz, yeah. that's not where they can thrive. No, they can. But the Jazz, too, they're a team where they're going to shoot the three even with hands in their face. It gets so hot, it doesn't matter who's guarding them, what they're doing on defense against them. They're going to shoot the three, and they're usually going to go down. And that's how they win games. Uh, yeah, you're right. The mid-range, the mid-range guys were out of the games for the Jazz. But the Suns, 
like you said, they weren't hoisting the threes when they when they didn't need to. They did a few times, but like the like mm-hmm. this whole game, they were making maybe a few mistakes, maybe one or two bad possessions in a row, and then they cut it off. They're like, let's go back to the way we know how to play and know how to score the ball, how we play defense. And that's what happened. Uh, the Suns had some bad possessions on offense, whether or not they missed wide open threes back to back. Torrey Craig had that, and he came back with a huge block. So that's mm-hmm. the Suns this year. Their defense is just really backing up that bad offense when it does happen to where it kind of evens out so they don't go too far down or let the Jazz or any other team come back. And, you know, that's that's the reason they won this game, I feel like. And it's growth. That's what you've seen over the past about three or four weeks for the Suns. Because earlier in the season, they would have those games that we would win but we would give up some big leads. I remember the the game against the Heat, the game against the Orlando Magic, the game against the Raptors. You know, those were some games where the Suns got out to a big lead and they let those teams come back to get within four points and then ultimately shut them out. The defense is continuing to grow and there's still going to be nights where that might happen. But I think that this team, as they've, you know, become a cohesive unit on on defense up and down the roster and the depth that they provide, it allows them to be successful night in, night out. And I know Eddie Johnson, shout out to your stepdad. It was his birthday today. Uh, He was making that point on the broadcast that, you know, the reason that this team is so deadly is their depth and they just keep coming at you, you know, and Jay Jay Crowder's not in there tonight. Uh, Abdul Nader, we haven't even talked about this on the pod, had knee surgery. Did he really? Yeah, that's why he's been out. He had it like <laughs> oh last week, he, you know, and I like, no who knows idea. when we'll see him again. Like, yeah, just kind of, they're like, oh, by the way. Um, uh, well, he's probably gone then, right? I mean, he he won't return after that at all. Probably he'll be, he'll not. Be out yeah. So, I mean, we don't really miss him. And it's funny when you're watching this game and we're playing so well, the, the second team comes in and you kind of forget some players on the Suns because of how well this this roster is, how well they play. I forgot about Chris Paul for a moment. I don't know what I'm just so into the game and Chris Paul comes back in. I'm like, oh yeah, we have Chris <laughs> Paul. You know what I mean? It's like it's so weird how that happens. But I mean, I guess when you're watching the game, you're so focused on the players on the court. Of course, you can forget Chris Paul, but I absolutely forgot he was on the team. That's how well this team played tonight. And a lot of games they do that. They just blow me away by how well they play together. Just their their the way they just hustle. Just the hustle is nonstop. That's the way you can blow out a team. Just nonstop hustle, dude. Well, and again, you know, I've talked about in the past, it's sustained scoring from the bench and sustained defense from the bench. It's something we've never truly had in Phoenix is, you know, one, a team that plays defense consistently throughout the entire year and has a defensive mindset. But two, a team that has a consistent defensive effort come from the secondary unit. And you see that with campaign Javon Carter, uh, Frank Kaminsky played a little defense tonight on Gobert. You know, smart yeah. fouls, smart fouls. You know, don't let Rudy Gobert go up and just have a layup. Like, hack the shit out of that guy. Make him yeah. try to earn it, you know. And and you see that across the board with this Suns team. The true identity, and it's so funny. I remember when we developed this roster, I looked up and down it. And, you know, if you go back and you read some of the stuff that we wrote on Bright Side of the Sun talking about uh, our predictions for the season, like, defense is the one thing that I was really excited about this team. And, like it's come to fruition. Like it's actually happened. Like they can, they, they haven't let up and you don't understand good defense until you watch it night in and night out. And you see what it is. Cause we've had these conversations, you and I not on the podcast, but just, you know, off the cuff over the year, it's like, what makes good defense? Everybody hits everything nowadays. Why does everybody hit everything against the suns? But Mm -hmm. it isn't necessarily that first shot selection. It's the way that they, they either rebound or they rotate to passes to negate other quality shots. Other teams are going to get hot. The Jazz just weren't hot tonight, but they've been hot in the past. The Clippers are a team that's been a nightmare for us from downtown in the first two meetings. But we played good defense. They just hit tough shots, and that's what we took away when we we sat here afterwards. We're like, damn, man. I mean, that those were tough shots. They just hit them. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's the response the Suns have on offense, too, when those tough shots go in. You know, in the past, when those tough shots go in and the team comes back or else, you know, they might take the lead late or just pull it close, the Suns might drift away, get down on themselves, you know, slump their shoulders and just kind of walk back to the bench and a timeout called. It's not that way this year, man. Like, the offense will respond, and the defense responds, too, and offense is poor. So it goes both ways. It just evens itself out. I said the same exact thing 10 minutes ago, and I just realized I'm doing that. So, <laughs> but honestly, the 
The defense, though, it's just the want the team has. The, the, all these players on the team, they have that want, and it doesn't stop. You can even saw Torrey Craig, I bring him up again, where I think Chris Paul took like a rebound from him, and you can see Torrey Craig was kind of pissed. He's like, that's my rebound, dude. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that, yes. but I was like, that's the way this team is. They want to earn every inch on that court. They want to take the ball into their own hands when it's possible and do the correct thing with it. But then you also get like, um, sometimes you get like DA tonight where he had like a down play where he gave up like a layup or something. And then Chris Paul yells at him. So you have Chris Paul behind the players to, to give that response when they're kind of down and out to pick them back up on the court, because that could happen. You know, they can, they can have low self-esteem sometimes, but it's just a constant reminder on the court. Chris Paul is to those guys to continue to play the way they've been playing all year. And then when you do that, you're going to get wins like this. And of course, when you play a more dominant team, that's in full health. You'll mm-hmm. still have a good outcome. Absolutely. It's just going to be a closer game. Mm-hmm. No, completely agree. And you're right. They're, they want to fight for every inch, for every possession, because they know they're part of something special. I mean, Chris Paul's mentioned it. He's like, I've never missed teammates like I miss teammates on days off like I do on this team. And you hear Devin Booker in post-game conferences, mm-hmm. uh, our press conferences, talking to things about this team and the, and the cohesiveness and the gelling that they have. And, you know, it really is something special that's happening here yeah. in Phoenix. And the fun part now is now that we have nine games left in the season. And think about this. For the last calendar year, last calendar year, so from April 30th, 2021 to April – or 2020 to April 30th, 2021, the Suns are 53-18. and 18. Because the eight games in the bubble. I mean, it's ridiculous what's happened in this past year. It's and now it's starting to permeate the valley, you know. And so for the, those fans who are watching along live and throughout the entire world, we love you and and thank you for spreading the word and repping the Suns globally. But here in Phoenix, it's always kind of funny. People have been through the ringer with this team over years and years and years. Going back to the Barkley era and having your heart, your heart crushed, and you know it's it's every, Phoenix sports aims to disappoint. It's just the way it goes, and it, it's kind of expected. And the Suns have been so irrelevant for so long that a lot of people have moved on. But all of a sudden, you know, it's like when you walk into the Just Sports and all the stuff mm-hmm. when you first walk in as Suns. And when I have friends texted me, and you know, I had a friend text me during our podcast, and he's like, "Go Suns!" and all this stuff, and. I was like, yeah, you know, I host a son's podcast now, right? And he's like, oh, really? You know, like he hasn't hit me up in a long time. Mm-hmm. He's just one of my old buddies who I used to watch son's games with 11 years ago. And it's just really fun to see this happening. And the continue success is going to bring more and more fans to this team. And it's so much fun to just be a part of this experience, to be part of the Valley experience worldwide it's just how fun is this ride i just i can't get over it no i know and you see people in the streets too with their jerseys on and hats i mean i i walked in my apartment complex from my car to my apartment and i saw two people with sun's hats it's like what is going on and honestly just sports going there in the past it's like do they have any sun's jerseys like you you peek in the door because you don't want to walk in all the way because they're freaking expensive everything in there and you just you don't see any sun stuff oh in the corner just like that tv at the bar where you have to watch the suns oh in the corner there's a booker jersey there it is there's one of them Uh that's all but now it's out there and you got the jam session our our cards are stuck in those shirts too so make sure yes (laughs) i mean by now you would know about our podcast but the more subscribers we get, it's probably from those cards. Yeah, I take my, I, I take our business cards that have our QR code right here to the YouTube feed, and I go ahead and I stuff them in Just Sports Suns gear. Now it's what I do because I'll, I'll be going there pretty soon. To, uh, I need to buy some more Suns gear. Uh, there's another shirt yeah. I want, and I'm going to get it. But uh, you know, going back to the Chris Paul thing, you're right. He only played 21 minutes tonight, which is fantastic because one of the articles you wrote on Brightside recently was like, "Well, should we get some rest for these guys? What better way to get Chris Paul rest?" than to blow the shit out of the Jazz and take yes. the number one seed in the NBA. I mean, 21 minutes for him, 12 points, nine assists. Talk about an unbelievably efficient night for Chris Paul. And you're right. There were times you're like, oh, shit, we're doing all of this with Chris Paul on the bench. When he comes back, they're really going to be in trouble. Yeah, and honestly, I love watching our bench. Just really quick, when our, yep. when our, when our bench is in the game, and I love watching the starters on the bench, I love watching them just on their feet the whole time, just laughing. Like Tayshawn Alexander, Tayshawn Alexander shot a, a three air ball. And they're like, oh, Chris Paul's like, oh, it, it was tipped. Like they're just, they're over there ruining these guys on. That's awesome. But yeah, Chris Paul tonight, this is like, I feel like the way he ended the last game, 
is the way he kind of started this game, right? And like the first half to where he came out, even in the third quarter where he was getting to the mid range, doing what he wanted, but that extra gear he has, that extra stop and go he has was there tonight to get to his jump shot, get to the mid range. Booker followed him too, doing the same thing, copying him, basically getting to his spots. But Chris Paul, it, he was just, he's on another level right now, man. The way he's just voicing himself out there. Like I already mentioned before, DA took one, one playoff. And CP3 and, and let he got him hear on him. He you he let him hear it like three times. because like, <laughs> DA on the on the other on the other ugh, on the other end, he grabbed the board like dominant fierce, like force. He he really did that. And then he got the ball to CP3, and CP3 was still upset. He's like, whatever. He's like, get back on offense, dude. So that's CP3, right? He's just as soon as that ball, right, even before it's tipped, as soon as the players are on the court, he's ready to go. And I, I just can't imagine seeing this for a full 48 minutes, even though he'll probably be playing like 40 minutes a game. Those 40 minutes are going to be like what we've seen the last two games. So I, right. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for that. That's going to be amazing. It's funny. This podcast has turned into like a fanboy podcast today. We're just like gushing. We're just so happy. We, and you know it, what? We just, it's, everyone it's okay. deserves it, right? Hell yeah. yeah. We've been through fucking no hell. negativity. I have some no negative negativity. notes, but I threw them out the door. You know, no, I, I don't know if I Along have negative with my notes. C's. I, okay. <laughs> uh, we got Ryan B in the chat. He says, "How can I promo the Jam Session sticker?" You know what, Ryan B? Just hit us up at Suns Jam uh, on Twitter and just DM us, and we'll break down some stuff. We have a Redbubble page you can visit too if you ha- if you're interested in getting any Suns Jam Session gear. Just stop by our Twitter page. There's a link to it. Uh, some really cool stuff that we have there. Uh, let's see here. Oh, we got a. One of our super chat from his dudeness too. Five bucks from his dudeness too. He says, "How many highlights did we have? Did we have tonight? Can we get a count? Bridges, Booker, Paul, etc. Let's go. Uh, I mean, yeah. dunks by Aiden. And you know that was going to be my next point. So thanks for his dudeness for bringing it up. But Mikhail Bridges tonight. Okay, I want to I want to talk about Mikhail real quick. He had a hot start. He had eight points right off the bat. Two for yep. two from downtown. Step back threes. Not his typical corner three shot." Do you think on that CP3 Valley Oop to Mikael Bridges, that was his best dunk of his career? It was. Did his feet leave the ground? I feel like he stretched up. I'm gonna do, oh, there's, <laughs> go, go, oh, he gadget. Stretched, he stretched all the way up. To, and like honestly, you have to, of course, on the alley-oop, but his feet were still on the ground. It was the craziest looking alley-oop I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, didn't think he was going to get it, but he did. That was the confidence he played with tonight, right? He did start out perfect. I think he finally missed one shot in the second quarter. Yep. But the step back, but it all started with that little mid-range shot, the one mm-hmm. mid-range shot and got First him going. First points of the game. Man, he looked like these players sometimes you think like, oh, I'm, maybe we saw it all this year. Maybe we'll, we'll wait till next year to see something else improve. It, it happens every other game where you'll see Mikael or even sometimes Cam Johnson, even though he's kind of sucked lately. But yeah. Mikael Bridges, he just went to another level tonight, man. The confidence he had in himself and what he wanted to do on the court. When a dude does a step back three and you're not really used to seeing it, that's just something great. That's something that... I love to see because you see that sometimes with Frank Kaminsky, he'll try to do that. But Mikhail Bridges, you never see it. So you see it no. tonight, and it looked beautiful. It looked like he's done it 100, 150,000 times. I think what Mikhail was so excited that both Connolly and Donovan Mitchell were out tonight. He's like, hold on. I don't have to guard a, just an amazing offensive player tonight. I can actually focus a little bit on my oh, offense. Man. Yeah. And because of that, he just had, like you said, this gushing confidence, this willingness to score and was cutting to the basket any chance he could because he had the energy to do so. We've mentioned it uh, as of late. You know, this was the this was the toughest seven game stretch of the season for the Suns. I saw the stat on Valley Sports Arizona tonight. They said this was the third toughest stretch that any team has faced this season these last seven games which started with the five-game road trip that began in milwaukee and ended tonight after a game over over the clippers and a game against the jazz and because of that mikhail bridges has looked tired he's been guarding quality quality all-star level type of players and it takes a lot out of him offensively but it's also taken a lot out of him defensively he has looked a little suspect a suspect as of late but now he gets kind of a night off. And, and mind you, the Suns went 5-2 and two in the seven-game stretch. The, the combined winning percentage of this stretch was 640 for all the teams that we had to yeah. face. And we went 5-2 and two against them. We're getting better and we're getting stronger as a team. And again, going back to Mikhail, had the night off, played fantastic. I think that was his best duck of the career. Because not only did he sky up to get it, 
but he threw it down with like this just smooth aggression that as Flex from Jersey, one of our buddies over at the Coast to Coast pod likes to talk about, he calls him a young Scottie Pippen. That play looked like Scottie Pippen. Yeah, even the block he had on Clarkson on that defense. That was amazing. That was my next point. And honestly, he was filling the lanes on defense where he was jumping out in front of passes like all night. Well, not even all night, just the minutes he played, of course, but there were shallow minutes. But he was ready to go, honestly, on defense because he was just looking to see what was going to come on the other side. And he was hesitating a little bit, but then honestly, he jumped to a lot of passes. He had three steals tonight, but honestly, I haven't seen that too much from him where he's jumping the passing lanes. So maybe that's something because you talked about, he doesn't have to guard the great superstar tonight, anybody of that caliber. So he can focus on other things. And that's what he focused on. It looked like it was just jumping the lanes, giving the Suns another chance on offense with those steals. Um, But yeah, just, just great performance. Stretch Armstrong tonight, dude, with that dunk. Yeah. And then, you know, it might be recency bias because again, I know as of late, he hasn't played the best defense, Mm -hmm. but do you think Mikael Bridges is going to earn any all defensive team nods? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, when do you when think you he'll be a first team or a second teamer? Possibly, at least. Yeah, he'll be a second teamer at least. I mean, I don't know. The Suns first are the team. best team in the NBA now. Like I hardware know. will come, right? There's got to be some hardware. The only thing is the name recognition, right? You have to have Mikhail's name recognition. You hear his name with the with the mainstream media now. You hear it a lot on the Ringer. Everyone talks about Mikhail. The interviews. Even I think Kevin O'Connor said, I don't know if he said first team, he said all defensive player. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be something that's going to happen. Whether or not it's first team, I don't know. Because you have to go against Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. So it's just, I don't know how that's going to work. Because those two are probably going to be first team for sure. Yeah, but I mean, there's essentially from the forward spot, there's four total people who can get it. And I think Mikhail, he has a shot. And as Jesus yeah, Mendoza he says in the chat, he says at least second team. And, you know, have performances like tonight, and that's going to happen. And in, and shout out to Albert Vargas, just joined our elite Jamster crew. Cheers. Welcome aboard, good sir. Cheers, buddy. I'll drink an Austin Cocktails Margaret. This ain't that good. Oh, yeah, I'm drinking. But I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, you're really drinking with your Invisalign over there. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I will right after this pot. Or I'll yeah, try okay. I can't, man. Uh, Devin Booker tonight. Fantastic yeah. performance. Oh, Four, 14 beautiful. points in the first quarter. Zero threes and zero free throws made. Now, he did go 0 for 2, but he was owning the mid-range. And we talked about the elbow jumpers that both he and CP3 we're knocking down. And when you play the jazz and we've played them now three times and beat them three times, that shot is always going to be there. They always collapse on DA because they're scared of DA Rudy Gobert. If there's a switch does not have the defensive presence to guard that shot. And they take advantage of it. You know, that's smart basketball that the Suns play tonight. And you saw that with Devin Booker, 14 points in the first, he had two points in the second, 15 points in the third, again, where he made Rudy Gobert look silly with a killer step back three and then zero yeah. points in the fourth because he didn't play in the fourth. It was a step back two. That's the thing with Book. He had his foot on the line twice tonight. I know. It should have been threes. He's just, that's the one thing he needs to work on. But other than that, when he started shooting the three in the third, I was like, no, 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 because he was doing so good for mid-range. But he 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 hit him. And the second half, he did it. And that's the difference. I, I feel like him hitting those threes really sealed the deal against the, against the Utah Jazz. But I liked how first in the first quarter, he didn't even start out the game shooting threes. And I hate that a lot where he shoots the three first to start mm-hmm. the game, maybe two or yep. three of them. Get yeah, the he, was, down. he was working. I mean, how many times we say this, like just get into his spots, get into his spots. That's all he does. He gets to his spots. That's what he could do. There's no one that can guard him tonight. And he knew that man, him and CP three both got what they want on that court. And uh, I don't know, man, book. Just beautiful night. Well, and, and when we say get to his spots, the Jazz leave those spots wide open for him. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you know, he ended with 31 points. It was 13 from and 13 for 19 from the field. That's the efficient booker we're used to. Only three free throws, two for five from downtown, yep. two assists, and, and three rebounds. But they allowed him to operate when within the confines of the space that he likes to be in, and he will smoke you. If you do that, CP3 will do the exact same thing. So that's one thing. If come playoff time, we have to play this jazz team. It's one thing that you do have confidence in is, you know, that when the going gets tough, CP3 and Booker can get going because the the Utah jazz defense is going to allow them both an opportunity to do so. Yeah. And Booker's really get into his two guard uh, offense. He's basically, that's all he is now is a two guard on the team and Chris Paul in the playoffs will be handling the ball a lot more than what Booker is. So that's why. Watch 2021. 
I knew I'm it was so- coming. I tried, to, I tried to sneak that in there. I I'm sorry. I cut you off. All I got was so. <laughs> I know you're like, always so- like waiting for me to stop. I'm like, when's he going to get what that the- brief pause? I'm going to try to throw it in there. You're like, I'm going to pause. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one last one last <laughs> point. Um, but eight and watch, I did want to talk about it. You mentioned <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Uh, it almost feels like Stinger watch right now. Poor guy. Stinger got watch. A, I know. He, he got another Stinger. stinger. You know, the same thing happened against the Bucks in the fourth quarter. He sacked up and manned it out. And we ultimately won that game because of it. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, he comes back, gets back in the game, gets an and one immediately. And I got this. I have a question for all the eight and haters out there. The eight and uh, I wouldn't say they're eight and haters. It's the, the eight and doubters. You know, who's soft? Because D.A. It ain't soft, man. Like he oh. might not dunk the ball with the aggression that you want consistently. But this dude gets these killer stingers. And, I, and then what I hate is they don't show the replay. Both times this has happened against the Bucks and tonight. I haven't seen a replay of exactly what caused the stinger. And I want to see what that is because that might be something that he might shy away from at some point. And it's like, you know, you mm-hmm. just want to kind of be aware of that. But he ain't soft, man. He mm-hmm. comes back and plays. Yeah, I mean, he was soft, kind of. <laughs> now now he's just playing he? with attitude. Come on. You know he was. He he, he, he made he had, us throw a lot of fits earlier this season. He had soft tendencies. He, he, he did. He a big petty bear. We just want the best from him, dude. I mean, if you're going to do your job, do it the best you can do. <laughs> but tonight, man, he was three for three early on the alley-oops. He was getting those, yes. had some really nice looks from the alley-oops. Nice passes besides book who does have some trouble getting the ball in those alley-oops. But he was there. He played. He was paying attention tonight, defensively, offensively. Um, he Those triple teams, you start seeing those a lot more. He knows what to do with the ball in his hands when he gets the rebound and the triple team comes, passing it out, getting the assists. Like That's just the next step for him. And honestly, tonight he played the whole game. He, the minutes... I don't know why I keep saying that. The minutes he played, of course. Yes. He honestly, he an A plus A plus effort tonight, besides that one play that Chris Paul to get onto him for. But mm-hmm. man, he he was ridiculous tonight. And you you have to see right now from tonight, this is the difference of where the Suns need him to play like this. That's why last game we were kind of upset. Like uh, it wasn't that great of a game. He played like trash because we need this if we're gonna do what we did tonight against a fuller and healthier team in the playoffs because this kind of play from him makes the defenses collapse. You get the triple teams. He can pass out of them easily. He can on the pick and rolls, do what he wants. Cause Chris Paul needs him on those pick and rolls for the spacing for his jump shot. Same thing with Devin Booker. So that's what you got tonight, man. You got his a plus effort tonight and that's what's going to happen. I like what Felix said in the chat. He says DA played well. He played bigger than usual blocked out really good. He did. You can see he- that. He did. He was. Yeah. He's learning how to use that big body of his and and use it technically and use it in, in an effort to try to push people off their spots and be in the right place at the right time. He essentially played the defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, off the floor tonight. He did because when the when the second half began, Derek Favors started for the Utah Jazz at the center position. Rudy Gobert was sitting on the sidelines. Eddie Johnson, K. Ray, they were like, I don't see Rudy doesn't look hurt. He just seems to not be playing. It almost is as if the the strategy from Quinn Snyder, the head coach from the Utah Jazz, was I'm going to go ahead and try to, when DA sits, that's when Gobert's going to play because that's the only opportunity I have because he's not getting it done against <clears throat> DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre yeah. Ayton's too active and too athletic for the likes of Rudy Gobert. Uh, he also had a great play. One of my favorite plays of the night is he had that play on uh, Clarkson where Jordan Clarkson was trying to put him on a string. Yes. And DeAndre Ayton would not fall for it. He just beat him up, and he ended up taking a bad three. Man, you can't do that to DA. You can't against Gobert. Obviously, you can. Yep. Gobert, the disrespect tonight on him, but we'll probably just talk about that a little bit later. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Aiden, honestly, Aiden is he's, – he's a guy who, of course, he'll go against Jokic and Gobert. He'll play better against them more mm-hmm. and more the more he plays them because he's more comfortable against you guys. I think he knows he can get away with certain things against them. He can get away with the jump hook inside. He can do what he wants on defense against him. He can box these guys out. He's a, he, But maybe that's just him trying to pay attention to what he's trying to do on the court. But he puts a lot of effort into these games against these guys. And Goldberg's well, one key. of them. Yeah, and we... We have to appreciate how he can guard those those guys like Clarkson trying to put moves on him, you know, isolation. It never phases DA. I don't remember one time this year where he's been like tripped up or anything. He can go against any of those guys. Well, I remember James there. Harden went right by him a few times, and so did LaMelo Ball. Oh. But I mean, that's just 
you know, yeah, that happens. Anybody, though. Exactly. Yeah. So does LaMelo Ball. So it's like, you yeah. know, I remember when that happened, everyone's like, dude, what are you kidding me? It's like, come on, it's James fucking Harden. This guy's an MVP and a just ridiculous. So but, is LaMelo, MVP. Someday. Yeah, someday. But I, but Aiton doesn't back down from those situations. And mm-hmm. that's and, and again, that's the fuel of CP3. That's the value of CP3 that you don't always see come through is the confidence that he's instilled in DA. And DA's embraced the role that CP3's put him in. He said, you're going to be my defensive anchor. You're going to be the guy who's going to get switched on. And you're going to have some guards trying to put yeah. you on a swing or on a string. Just throw those big arms out and, and move laterally quick, which he can because he's, he's a really good athlete. So I thought he played well tonight. He ended with 11 points, 9 rebounds, played a total of 24 minutes, 5 for 8 from the field, was very effective. And again, he played Rudy Gobert off the court. And speaking of Rudy Gobert, he didn't have the best night. Let's bring up a highlight real quick. Royce O'Neal right in the face. Right yeah. in the face. Oh, man. That's uh, that was beautiful. That was, you know, it started with Chris Paul and Devin Booker disrespecting Gobert, then DeAndre Ayton, and then, and then the ball. <laughs> like, that's the way it was for Gobert tonight. No, I'm sorry. It went, didn't go there. It went CP3. Then Aiton, then the ball, and then Devin Booker. So rough night for Gobert. There'll be a lot more of those to come if we play him in the playoffs because this guy doesn't stand a chance against the Suns. Yeah, again, you know, it's a good feeling when you can play a defensive player of the year candidate and winner, prior winner, off the court. And he just looked frustrated. You could see with the the body language and the rolling of the head and the, you know, the draped shoulders. It was like we got the best of this guy. Now, granted. There's no Donovan Mitchell and there's no Mike Connolly. It's not like this, oh, well. you know, you know, but you have to win these games and the way the manner in which we did it was something that was uh very exciting, very impressive, and you know, you can't leave here not happy. The Sarich Smoke Break. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Dario Sarich made a return tonight. Back. He's back. And he looked good, man. I'm not going to lie. I, like, yeah. I actually had some positive things to say in my notes. The first of which was Dario was using that fat ass to mm. box out favors on a play when Kaminsky mm. was on the floor with him. And I like seeing both Frank and Dario out there at the same time, which allowed Dario to play the four against second team units. And I think that's where he could be really successful. Yeah, and honestly, it's like DA, the DeAndre Ayton watch we have on this show, to where we will, even if the stats aren't there, we give him good grades at the if they're not there because of his body language, the way he plays, the effort he puts out there. Tonight, Dario, of course, not a whole lot of minutes, not the greatest stats, but the time he was out there, he looked like something was different. Some He had an extra step, an extra jolt in that first move to the basket, like he just had that tonight, and that's something he lacked over the last ten games he's played. To where you're just like, where's the old Dario? And you kind of forget how it was and the way it was. And you know, Monte believes in him. He he's never lost faith in this guy. He's gotten some rest now. Now he's back and limited minutes tonight. They're continue to grow and yeah, keep him next to uh, Frank Kaminsky because him and Frank, even when they're not together. Those both those dudes need more minutes. They're playing to play. They're going to play a lot of minutes in the playoffs, and you can see Frank right now holding it down too. Yeah, Frank played great, and in combination with Dario, I really think that it's something that is. I, I like that they're trying that out right now, and obviously, it's a yeah. victim of circumstance. Jay Crowder's currently not playing, so there's going to be extra minutes for this kind of combination because generally those are going to be minutes that are going to be just reallocated. Those are Tory Craig minutes who played tonight, didn't have zero points, didn't have much of an impact on the game. So we're not going to do a juice drop tonight. But I think that, you know, again, Dario, Dario's potato sack booty Mm. seemed lighter today. And that's the best way to put it. Well said to Buck Dog, who is an elite jams who's joined us in the chat. His potato sack booty seemed lighter today. He was doing, he was frisky out there. You know, he had one play. I wrote down some different plays that he had. So he had the spin pirouette rebound who is this guy he like caught it and like spun around and passed it out like all in one motion he had a behind the back pass to cam from the key that cam missed the three because cam misses threes he shot what one for seven from the field again tonight uh i don't want to talk about that too much trade trade him trade him you know we're (laughs) gonna need you cam in the in the playoffs so keep shooting cam uh but i mean he was doing all these little technically sound fluid things in Dario fashion, very choppy and a little bit ugly, but effective. And you're like, hey, this yeah. is the guy I know, Dario Sarge. Welcome back, man. Yeah. Welcome back. Dude, good to have him back. Beautiful. Yeah. It always goes back to the potato sacks, no matter what you're talking about. 
<laughs> you know, uh, I do want to debut a new segment here. I didn't tell you about this, but let's try this one out. SB Nation says. SB Nation says. Yeah. I know everyone's asking, uh, what the hell is SB Nation well, says? What's it all about? Well, I'll, I'll break it down, okay? So this is the Sun's Jam Session podcast, and we are part of Bright Side of the Sun. And Bright Side of the Sun is SB Nation's Phoenix Suns blog site, right? So what I thought I would do during the game tonight is go over to the Utah Jazz blog site, which is SLC Dunk. I think Bright Side of the Sun's a lot better name, but no, no disrespect to LCLC Dunk. They have their fans. It's an opportunity for them to talk about their team. And they do something very similar to Bright Side of the Sun, in which Bright Side has kind of like an open thread. And a lot of Bright Siders show up and they just talk. It's kind of their sounding yeah. board chat room during the game. They talk about different aspects of the game and, the, and what's going on. So what I did is I actually highlighted some of the different things that the Utah Jazz fans were talking about and i wanted to kind of bring them up here on the podcast because it's good to know how other teams and fans perceive the phoenix suns you know we see them one way obviously we do a podcast about them we watch every basket and, and we have our opinions and thoughts on them but it'd be interesting to see what the other team in the nba who has been playing very well this season had to say about them um one of the first comments was can the jazz match the phoenix suns physicality and it's one thing you, I guess I just don't think about is how physical we are. We talk about our defense, but we don't talk about how physical our defense is. And somebody else mentioned it a little later on. They're like, uh, wow, the Suns are grabbing all of the time and getting called 20% of the time. Again, something else I have never noticed. Have you? That they're grabbing on defense? Yes. Yeah, they do a lot. Yeah, they're very physical. So both of those are hand in hand. There's a lot of times. That's why when we talk about refs on here, I'm like, I feel like the Suns get away with a lot too, but I don't ever mention it. That's why I never really bag, rag on the refs because we get away with some stuff. Okay. But he, I, if the ball's on the ground, some guy's hunched over, just like picking up the soap, dude, it's it's all over. <laughs> These guys are going to come in there and do what they need to do to get that ball from you. And that's the way this team is. So yeah, there's some grabbing, man. I can definitely see that. And I don't care. That's It's both sides on that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I just don't notice it because I'm a blind fan and I needed, I, it opened my eyes up though. I started watching the game. I'm like, yeah, if you start to try to draw, drive to the hoop, like the sun's a hooky a little bit. Yeah. And I just noticed it. And, you know, so I, I it was an interesting observation from, from the opposition. Uh, another comment was I've never understood why the sun's mascot is a gorilla jazz bear makes more sense. Now, obviously, they're being facetious and, that you know, it's just kind of, what again, a third-party observation. Yeah. Uh, somebody else said two-seed might be the preferable bracket. Hmm. Who said Sounds that like before? You. Sounds like me. Yeah, it does. All right, but now here's where, it gets, here's where it gets good. Because those, are the, those mm -hmm. are the things that they were kind of talking about at the beginning of the game, and then the game started happening. It says, uh, the, Clarkson, you absolute moron. Rudy is wide open three times, and you just go hunting crap through the trees. I'm getting so sick of it. And another comment was, he's going to really have a, a tough playoffs if he doesn't figure it out. Real easy to scheme against a guy who refuses to even look for passes. So obviously, <laughs> Jordan yeah. Clarkson, who the national media and, and us from afar is like, wow, this guy's averaging 17 points a game, sixth mm -hmm. man of the year. A lot of the Jazz guys don't like him. Yeah, and it sounds like a lot of Suns fans too feed Aiden, right? Aiden's open, give him the ball. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking the whole time <laughs> yes. of saying that. yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's every team has their. I mean, when we had the other uh, blog sites on here and the podcast leading up to the end of bubble, mm -hmm. we get the negativity too. It's so funny to hear what they say about their own team because we see a different, we see a lot of the good out of these really, really good teams, of course, but not the bad, not the little things that will irritate those fans. Yeah, it's just funny that. Jordan Clarkson is a one man show and they, you know, the national media loves him for it. And it looks like some of the jazz fans are, they're not a big fan of it. Cause it's not team ball. You play mm -hmm. a team like the Suns, who are passing the ball effectively, who are making it uh, hard on the defense because of the way that they pass the ball. And, you know, I mean, tonight the Suns had 27 assists to the, the jazz is 22. So I think that's just one of those micro frustrations that they had. Another observation was Bridges was on a mission after the egg he laid last time around. So if you remember last time we played him, it was when he was kind of going through one of his tough slumps and he made him pay for it tonight. Uh, watching their big men, Sarge, Kaminsky, Aiton make shots. You realize how limited Rudy still is. Wow. I mean, we know that though, right? Yeah, we no know one that. likes Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Not even their own no fans. Quick jazz. shout out. Uh, looks like Buck Dog says the Lakers season so awful. 
Uh, their fans have to troll other podcasts to stay entertained because Floppy Socks just said Lakers lost to the Kings. Wow, they Did lost they? that game. Yeah, I saw LeBron's first shot. He's a I love watching LeBron, of course, but he looks so fake when he's going out there. His first, I just I, know, I can't stand it, dude. He just has that fake look on his face. So just, thank just, God they lost, dude. That'd be so funny. If they <laughs> they just are gone in the first round. That'd be well, awesome. It, I mean, potentially if the Clippers stay at three and they drop to six, that's the first round. Yeah. The Battle of LA is the first round matchup. A lot of yeah. everybody thought that that would essentially be the uh, uh, the Western Conference Finals. It's not where. It, you know, it might not be in the cards this year, which again is great for the Phoenix Suns. Um, another two more comments from the SLC Dunk SB Nation site. Aiton has improved a lot. We used to laugh at him, and I see Kobe whenever Booker gets hot against us. Yeah, I saw that Kobe as the first season. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Matthew, you know, you should have been an NBA scout. Jam star of the game. Almost oh, got me there. All right, Jamsters. It's that reminder that if you're watching along live on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, and go ahead and hit the little bell button, which will notify you when we go live, which is after every Suns game. And during the offseason, we do about two podcasts a week anyways. We just talk Suns all the time. We can't help it. And also, it is a reminder that in the chat, go ahead and let us know who your jam star of the game is. So, Matthew... I went first last game. I will allow you to be the everybody's saying sticks. I know, but it was fun. He had a dunk. I love seeing what I saw from him today. He did. He did a three. Look at look at I, Bailey Lines. Jalen Smith or I unsub. Wow. Oh wow. Look at the sticks love. I get oh, man. I, it's fantastic. <laughs> I like Mark Close BDB. Yeah. BDB. But, it, but, it's, but, but, no, yeah. We no, give it I to was, him. I was gonna say Booker, but then I saw Bridges' name. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm giving three way tie Booker Bridges and Sticks. There you go. There you go. No one don't cares about this. So why does it even matter? Give it to I like what Monty ones. says. Monty says rest was the, was the jam star. Rest that really yeah. is. It That's really true. is. You know, yeah. Frank the Tank. Rest. Sticks. Sticks forever from Jay Nunya. Mikhail. Mikhail Booker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one had a night off really tonight. Sticks can't be beat. Oh man, it's so funny. You know what? I just give it to the fact. I give it to the Phoenix Suns organization. I give it to James Jones, Monty Williams, and everybody who puts on a jersey because yes. we are the best team in the NBA with nine games to go. Who would have thought it? Other than our buddy, so says Jay, mm -hmm. who has one seed as his Twitter handle since like the fucking season began. So he's shout out everything. to you, Justin. He predict he predicted the eight no bubble run. Mm -hmm. He predicted the one seed. I mean, like. What's I need to, next thing. I need to talk to this guy. Just I need to know, like, give me some lottery numbers, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, seriously, I'm going to Laughlin here in a couple of weeks. I'll be doing the podcast from Laughlin for the last two Spurs games of the season. Justin, hit me up, man. Let me know what I should bet on, dude. I mean, you are the point god when it comes to this shit. But uh, I'm just going to give it to this, the the entire Phoenix Suns team, especially Jalen Smith sticks for getting to the one seed. I mean, it's so unbelievably impressive what we're experiencing. And there's a lot that can happen in these next nine games. You know, you look at the upcoming schedule for your Phoenix Suns and, you know, there's a, a couple, you know, there's a little road trip we have up ahead. You know, on the second, we play Oklahoma City. We have a back to back versus Cleveland and Atlanta. So all those games obviously are winnable. Come home for one game. You know, and essentially the last nine games that we have, two of them are at home. Seven of them are on the road. Do you think mm -hmm. that's a good thing or a bad thing for the Phoenix Suns? Or does it even matter? To me, it's a good thing because so much of the schedule was at home earlier. Just get on the road. See how, I mean, the last road trip they had in the East, it's like, you know, you want them to go three and two and that was a good road trip. Well, that's what they did. So this time around, what they're going to do on the road is get that chemistry going, dude. They're going to be without Call of Duty. They're going to be without their kids. All of that. I mean, CP3, I guess his family doesn't even live here. I didn't even know that till this last week. But I don't think it's going to be a big deal for this team, man. I think going to the playoffs, even when you're playing on the road, it depends how many fans are there. Because you can feel it right now in Phoenix. Those fans make, I feel like, a big difference. I get the chills a few times when DA goes up and makes a huge and one. And then the crowd just goes crazy. It's just you forget the sound of that. So that's going to be a big difference. So it depends how many fans are there on the, in the playoffs. But on the road right now, you need that chemistry. So I'm all about it. Yeah, I think it's a positive as well, just for that reason. I think that becoming a road warrior, it's it's kind of like, you know, before you start uh, a regular season in football, you go away to a camp, you know, whether the Cardinals used to go up to Flagstaff and, you know, you just have this camp thing where it's like you go away from your family and everybody 
and you go do some team bonding. Now, granted, this team is the definition of team. They, they've already bonded. They have clearly have played above expectations this year. But going away and playing seven of your last nine games on the road, all that's going to do is fortify that, allow them to come, to come even closer. And then once the playoffs begin... Yeah, I mean, it's it's anybody's game, but it, I think they'll be better for it. So, you know, again, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, now we have to look forward in our guess what segment. Guess what? You know, we asked the question prior to this podcast, who was going to win, the Suns or the Jazz? Matthew, who did you say? Oh, I said the Jazz because uh-huh. the Suns are going to split these two games, right? And I said the Suns. Look at so you, therefore, man. I'm three guy over here. This is the closest I've been since like Gosh. fucking seven and ten or something. You know, you the, seem the, so excited. I too, am. Man. This matters to me. Okay, is so, it better than this in your life? Than you just getting yeah on the top sun, of me in the standings? The, the, the Suns. <laughs> I, well, the Suns are on top of the standings, so that's the most important thing. But I'm getting close. <laughs> yeah, here. that's true. I'm making a ball yeah. game. You know, we got nine games to go. Mm-hmm. You know, so up next for the Suns on Sunday, five p.m. Arizona time. They will be playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. What is the mm. matchup to watch? I know what oh, you're watching in this game. I, I can't know wait. what you're watching. I love the Thunder. Matthew loves Poku. I love Poku. Yes. I go back and forth with my uh, OKC uh, friend, and he <laughs> that's all we talk about is Poku. He'll, show me, he'll send me like a highlight almost every morning of this dude making a crazy play. I mean, of course, you got Lou Dort on that team, man. That guy yes. is amazing. Just but ASU. that team, they lost fourteen in a row, one one. So who 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 knows what the hell they're doing right now? All I know, I know is they yeah they have Poku, who I am a big fan. I think he's going to be good. I honestly think he's going to be good in the NBA, and I can't wait to watch him. That's the one thing I can't wait to see. Well, they're they're that definitely man. a team that is allowing Poku the opportunity to develop. Because they are the the team. I mean, everybody knows the Oklahoma City Thunder story. In fact, I was uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday watching the first round of the NBA draft. And up in the corner was, I think, who did, who did they play yesterday? Was it the Nets? Who did, who yeah, did Poku so. play? I'm not uh, sure. The Pelicans. They played the Pelicans. Is that right? Yeah, I just Thursday, guessed. April 29th. Yeah. Um, they lost the Pelicans 109 to 95. But up in the corner, I saw Ty Jerome just stroking threes. You know, every time I look up, it yeah. was like, you know, so I'll, I'll pull up the box score real quick here. But Ty Jerome, who had, let's see, did he start? No, he came off the bench. Um, he had one three. I saw the one three. In apparently. He's like, <laughs> but no, he, he's been like on Ty like Jerome. Twitter and stuff. Maybe it was the game before because he, he's been improving uh, it was a yesterday. lot. It was yesterday. Oh, was it yesterday for sure? But the, yes. Oh, I was, I was Hoku watching was game. three for 16 too. that. What a, what a stud. I can't Ooh, wait to see this guy. That's what we're going against. Three, Three for, for sixteen. That confidence in that man. He's the next Porzingis. I'm not lying. He's the next Porzingis. Oh, that's that. I, I don't know if that's one thing I want to be. Is the next Porzingis? That's man. pretty I good mean, though. Making some money, it? being unhappy. Yeah. Well, he yes, wants to be yeah. the man of a team. Yeah, making money. Be. Making some yeah. money. I get that side, but like from a fan standpoint, I would fucking hate that. That's a horrible comp. <laughs> um, Theo Maladon is the guy who really surprised the Suns the last time we played them. Now, granted, this is a team that we've played twice already this season. Uh, we lost them 102 to 97 on January 27th, and then we beat them 140 to 103 the last time we played them. In that game, we pretty much gave away our Jack Taylor Award to Theo Maladon because he went 10 for 18 from the field and had 33 points. So this is a team. They're a young team. They are the Phoenix Suns of 2016-17, where they were just starting the youngest guys possible. I wouldn't say tanking at this point. I mean, there's the tanking has been a little bit uh, taken out of the NBA, the way that the draft now works in the draft lottery, but they're definitely a team that has a gazillion picks and they're just throwing out their young guys and seeing what the hell they have and giving them an opportunity yeah. to grow, including your boy Poku. Yeah. And honestly, they're, they might have the number one pick. They even have a chance to have two picks in the top five. So if it goes their way this year, they can even trade those for a superstar if they want. Who knows? This team will be back in the playoffs next year. I'm pretty sure. That's the way they roll there in OKC. Well, I mean, they. I'm interested to see how this game goes. That's for sure. Because this is one of those games where, again, it's the first game of a road trip. It's a team you look at the roster and you go, who? Huh? What? And you, those those have been the games that the Suns have struggled in. You know, you look at the Suns; they're number two in the league because they're now what, like twenty five and nine or something against mm-hmm. uh, teams over five hundred, and you know the best, second best in the league. But they they struggle against teams that aren't over five hundred because they just aren't as necessarily focused. I think what will keep them focused is the fact that they have the number one seed 
And I think that that's what they can utilize as fuel to continually stay focused as they, they wrap up this season. Yeah. Who do you think wins, Matthew? That's what I was just thinking about. What were you Who should thinking I about, go Matthew? with? Should you go, go with know. your boy Poku, dude? I mean, oh, Poku, he's the future. He's the next Porzingis, man. You got to go with him. The letdown game. This is the ultimate letdown game, right? Yeah, it's the ultimate setup game. Yeah, is that the setup game? <laughs> setup game. That's what you always say. <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, let's go, Suns. Okay. You know, I'm I'm down three games. There's nine Don't to play. I'm going Suns too. I know. I'm going Suns. All right. I'm going Suns. Right. This isn't this isn't the one where I try this to make a ground. Is that what you're gonna this, say? This no. is life or death. Oh. No. This is the one where I don't need to make up ground. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Again, it's going to be interesting, Matthew, uh, because yeah. I will be tired for that podcast. Oh, are you actually working? No. Oh, you don't what? know what's going down, huh? Uh-uh. So tomorrow morning, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. I'm hopping in the rental car I got out here, and I'm driving out to L.A. because I got to mm-hmm. go sell Emma's car. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know so that. I'm, yeah, so I'm going out there. I'm selling her car because it keeps breaking down on her, so might as well sell it, utilize that money to get her new car. And then I'm staying at the Weston Bonaventure in downtown LA tomorrow night. And then I'm come, waking up on Sunday morning. I'm driving back across the desert and then dropping everything off. And then the Suns game's at 5. And then 7.30, we'll be right here doing the Suns Jam Session podcast. But that's that's what's going down. That's my that's weekend. weekend. That's a packed weekend, man. Oh, man. So if anybody has any podcasts they want to recommend that I listen to on that drive to and from, go ahead and throw them down the chat. I have some things I want to listen to, but I could always use more suggestions. You know, it's a, oh, man, it's going to be fun. Are hey, you here, selling here, the car and buying a new one in the no, same day? No. Oh, I was going to say. I just, the, the title to Emma's car, who's mine, both of our niece, the the title to the car is in my name. It's, you know, oh. we, bought, we bought the car for her. So I'm the one who can sell it. So I got it uh, notarized today and I'm going to go ahead and, and get it sold. What's interesting though is I'm staying at the Western Bonaventure, which I've stayed at before, right there in downtown LA. And I'm in walking distance of the Staples Center, and mm-hmm. the Clippers play the Nuggets there tomorrow night. I was thinking about it. Uh-huh. I was thinking about it. How much are tickets? Three hundred bucks. It's ninety three dollars for one single seat, but you have to have mm-hmm. either proof of vaccination or proof uh, two weeks ago, proof of vaccination. Yeah. Outside of two weeks, so you got your second shot more than two weeks yeah. ago, or a negative COVID nineteen test from last seventy two hours. Hmm. I was thinking That's about a tough it. Tough decision, man. I, I was thinking about it. I almost went down to CVS. I'm like, can I just get a COVID nineteen test just because I want to go? But uh, my brother's in the chat. Says, see you, uh, see you, bro. It's eighty out here. Yeah, it was fucking ninety nine today in Phoenix. Yeah, it was man. It was not a hundred yet. Not a hundred. Right not a hundred yet. But I mean, yeah, we're at the back at end the of April. On. It's about to. It's about to do that. So, all righty. I think on that note, Matthew, is, is there anything from your notes that I missed? I forgot to ask you that question. My notes? How cute. Mm-hmm. Let me see what kind of notes I have tonight. Uh, you said they're not negative. Uh, nothing. Monty, Monty, good timeout called in the second quarter. That's it. That's a wrap. <laughs> Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? And maybe with the number one seed, Suns fans. So again, to recap, the Suns beat the Utah Jazz by a score of 121 to 100, are now 45 and 18, just like the Utah Jazz. They're 45 and 18 too. The difference, we've beat them three times. They've beat us zero. We are the number one seed in the entire NBA. So if this holds, potentially home court advantage. Uh, but that being said, again, thank you to all the Jamsters who decided to take some time out of their days and join us live right here watching after the game. Or if you're taking time out to listen to this podcast, again, we, we can't do it without you. We truly appreciate you, and we, and we love the support that you provide to the podcast. If you are listening on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give, a fa- give us a five-star review, and let us know that you gave us that review while you were taking a shit. You can follow the show at Sun's Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Matthew Lissy. And you can subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. We appreciate it. So with that being said, we will see you right here Sunday night as the Suns begin a three-game road trip starting off in Oklahoma City against the Thunder. And all I say to Rude, whoop, there oh, it yeah. is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take Down care, Jamsters. Have a fantastic night. Cheers. Everyone go home and love your Emmas. <laughs>